Welcome everyone to Tech by Design, where the Richmond Technology Council takes you to the edge for trending tech and innovation here in Richmond, Virginia. I'm Nick Surface, CEO of RVA Tech, along with Alex Atanias, CEO of Shaco. Come join us. Johannes, thank you for joining us today. Um, this kind of stems from a conversation that Nick, Alex, and I had last week about the RVA Tech application for the EDA Tech Hub grant and just about all of the AI work that's already started up and happening here in Richmond. And Nick told us about TAPT and everything that you all are working on. And so we wanted to have you on and kind of hear straight from you about what's happening. Why'd you move to Richmond? I mean, I heard VCU, right? So, or I think I heard yeah. VCU. I chose VCU originally because it was, um, I needed to stay in state. I have, my parents have military backgrounds. And so um, just the way like I was going to pay for college was like, it needed to be in state. I obviously like my background is mostly technical and uh, mm -hmm. I knew I was going to do some sort of engineering school. And it seemed like VCU was like on the up and up for engineering. Like I didn't want to be in the middle of nowhere, Blacksburg, um, UVA. I went to a gov school and everybody I knew was going to UVA and I didn't want to go with them. Um, and so that was how I originally ended up in, in Richmond. And I also knew it was like, it's a city. So even if I don't like the immediate surroundings, I was sure I'm sure I'll find something I'll like. Um, and then ended, yeah, just ended up staying there. So like, Johan, I wanted to, just to step it back even further, talk a little bit about how we came to know each other and, and got going here and why I kind of brought you up on the last episode. So. As we have talked, and we talked on the last episode about our, our tech hub application and trying to make Richmond an AI and um, ML tech hub, and you all kind of popped up. I think either you or somebody reached out via LinkedIn and uh, and mentioned that you, you guys were working on Tapped and what it was. And um, so you and I hopped on a call, and it was fascinating. One of the things that's been great about this whole process is learning about all these new companies or startup companies or companies that are kind of operating, you know, maybe not in the forefront of what Richmond uh, is hearing about every day. Um, and I feel like you're one of those. It sounds like you're all over the world. You're working on something that's potentially a business and a company that could um, have impact nationwide, worldwide, whatever. Um, and it's not necessarily focused on a particular element of Richmond. Um, but the fact that you come here obviously makes you a Richmond company and um, it was fascinating to me to hear that. So as we dive in, I, I want to hear about not only what your company does, but about your AI angle here and, and your background in AI and how you decided that you could apply it in, in different ways. So Alex, that's it's just how it came to be and that's how I know Johan. Yeah, yeah. And I know, I mean, AI wise, um, I knew, you know, I already said why I originally came to Richmond, but the reason I stayed is just, it seems like everybody here is really, really hungry. Like, obviously, you can go to LA and New York, and there's going to be these big cities, and you're going to find big companies, and you're going to meet all kinds of people. But there's this kind of attitude in those places that's like, you're supposed to be there. Um, like that's where you're supposed to be to kind of get stuff. But in Richmond, it feels like everybody's like working a, just a little bit harder because they know that they're not like the hub or they know they're not the New York, they're not the LA and they're trying to be that. And so, yeah, I found some of the hardest working people ever are the people who I either met in Richmond or I met like even outside, I'll you know, go to LA or go to New York and I'll meet people who are like from here and just work really, really hard. Like the last, uh, before um, tapped before I started working on that. I was at a startup. I was a software engineer at a startup called Audius, whose founders are actually from TJ in Nova. And I ended up getting the job because um, my uh, who would be uh, the guy who would become my manager went to VCU and graduated 2013. And he had moved out to San Francisco and was, you know, doing all that. Like uh, the company was a, a Web3 back company. And so doing the whole kind of like Web3 startup out in San Francisco thing. But he was from VCU and he's still to this day, like one of the mentors that I have. And, and right now he lives um, lives up in Nova. 
Um, so it's like incredible the kind of people that you end up seeing here. And I know for um, when Web3 was big, um, Richmond had like one of the stronger presences, like even the, um, for example, one of the chains called Polygon, they have a, a whole guild out here, which means there's a ton of money that they're dumping into Richmond and any Web3 startup. So if you're like a Web3 org or whatnot, like I've seen them dump money um, into these places for events and whatnot. And, you know, say, I mean, same for AI, same for any of the other trends. It seems like the people in Richmond are like, because they're so hungry, they're ready for it. I've seen, I know, I know for myself, um, we've had a lot of like positive stuff come out of here, but even um, I'm in some startup communities right now online and the majority of people are obviously in New York, but I've met a, a substantial number who are from the 757 and who have got me connected with like angels and stuff out there. You know, Nova's huge for, for anything. Um, if you strip away the like kind of government contracting stuff, there's still like tons and tons of talented people who are like trying to do this whole startup gang. Um, and then Richmond just seems to be at the center of it. Like it's just like perfect, like, geographically, it's just perfect. Coming back to top, like why... Why musicians? Why why startup musicians or or bands or helping bands be found? Well, every music startup I've seen, the the story begins with I was in college with some producers. Like I live with producers, and then mine's kind of the same there. So I, I had always been around that kind of stuff. I had seen them try to get gigs. I've seen them work. I've been in I've been in the studio, which is for most college students just like a closet that they turned into a studio. And I'd always been like fascinated with that space. When COVID started, I was even building like I was with all my roommates building projects like side projects and whatnot of, of, Hey, here's a, a little website for you to post your unreleased music. Like I would just make them random things. And all those side projects are what actually kind of enabled me to get the job at Audius, which was like the first kind of professional experience in, in the music industry on the kind of cusp of tech and music, which for some people, they like, I don't know, tech and music doesn't get enough, enough love on the tech side, but on the music side, like everybody knows like tech is going to change things, but nobody seems to have executed on it. Like there's so many ideas of what to do, but it just like all those great ideas have kind of only been like all the really cool tech ideas have really only been surface level in the music industry. They haven't penetrated really deep in. And I, so I just got really, really fascinated by it. And I'm, I don't have a, a big music background other than like my work at Audius and whatnot, but I ended up partnering with Ilias, uh, my co-founder, and he's got a, a massive music background. He um, is also from VCU. Um, he kind of gave the like legitimacy of where for me, it's just like building side projects and giving it to musicians. And there isn't a whole lot of legitimacy in the music industry. Uh, it's just tech bros building music things, but teaming up with him gave like legitimacy to all the projects and actually gave me hundreds of artists that I could kind of use as guinea pigs and test things on and, and see if, see what works. Um, and it's enabled really, really fun projects. And so I've just been kind of sticking with it. Like we got all the resources. Yo, Hannes, what is the, uh, what is the problem that y'all are trying to solve? What is the opportunity that you noticed um, in music that, that led to this? What do you mean the elevator pitch for, for Tapped? Yeah, so uh, I, I think I gave you the old elevator pitch, but as you probably know with the AI stuff, um, we've, been, we've been pivoting mm -hmm. a bit as startups do. And so right now, the current angle that we're, we're going for is um, record labels right now are, are super predatory. Like a lot of the deals that come out of it are super predatory, and I don't think that's, any, that's a surprise to any artist or even anybody not in the music industry. They kind of get the vibe. Um, and many of these... Yeah, I mean, we're on the heels of the Scooter Braun news. So there, yeah, you see there's a lot of... Uh, there's some mess happening. Exactly. And... Um, the traditional record label and how it's been for years has been they require tons and tons and tons and tons of capital up front and you're not expecting returns for you know even eight to ten years like they're um, they're they're really bad startup accelerators and the the startups are the are the musicians and so what we think we could do with with ai and with all the other services that we've been able to create um is one lower the amount of capital you need up front 
and then also have more immediate returns than this like eight to 10 year returns that a label is expecting to get. Um, so all the kind of the back end of what a musician will need. And that's like ultimately kind of why they're signing with a label. They need, they need distribution. They need help with, with marketing. They need basically professionals to like help them so they can focus on being a creative. We can do most, if not all of those things with the current tech that's out there. And that's what we're building up. And that's what we're signing artists to. And that's what kind of, you know, ultimately what we're selling to them is why sign with a label where you have to give away part of your music, you have to give away some of your rights, you have to like, it, it's a really big mess. Like if you're not a lawyer and you're not really in it, you could get like slipped up. We have a pricing model. It's extremely transparent. You know what you're getting, you know what you're paying for. And on our side, we get um, like more immediate returns because we know we have artists every month paying for a subscription plan. And if they feel like they don't like what they're they're paying for, they feel like they got scammed for any reason, they just cut it off. There's no lengthy deals, no long contracts or whatnot. So what are you getting? What are what are they paying for? Walk me through the, the product. Yeah, so we have a kind of set of virtual team members that they're able to use, uh, graphic designer, publicist, marketer, A&R, lawyer. We have kind of a whole set that keeps evolving as, again, as startups do, they evolve fairly quickly. So any if, if they have an album release coming out, like what's the marketing plan for that? What's this kind of social media direction you want to go with? Speaking of social media, how are you going to generate the assets? How are you going to make the TikToks? How are you going to make the cover photos? How are you going to make this, that, and the other? Um, especially if you don't have money to hire somebody or you're just like not naturally talented at making TikToks or being an influencer. For publicists, do you know publicists? If not, like, have you made a public, like a press release before? Do you have somebody who can make you a press release? Most like beginner artists probably don't, and this is going to be very new to them. Same for lawyers, if they, a lot of venues, if they want some kind of contract for like uh, booking live shows can be really wishy-washy. It's kind of the wild, wild west. Some will want really informal stuff. You just send them a text and they're ready to go. Some will want more like contractual stuff. Um, have you, do you know where to get templates for those contracts? Probably not. We can generate all of that stuff for them. And it's what we've been doing on the side for a while. So um, I have some artists that I've been working with and Ilias has been managing artists before and a lot of the artists under his wing know that we're music and tech. And so we were generating this for them on the side and charging them kind of under the table, like, yeah, I'll generate some Instagram photos for you for five bucks or something like that. Um, and so this is already like tried and true stuff. We know that they need it. We know we've generated these things. We know we, they find it useful. Um, what we did with Tapped and the kind of pivot we did was just package it up into a nice subscription plan and open it up to more users. Where does the AI come into place? Um, the majority of the stuff uses AI behind the scenes. So generating social media images, we we have some fine-tuned stable diffusion models that we use. So I, I went to, at VCU, I ended up getting my master's. I, they don't have specifically an AI um, master's, but they have stuff for, for data science ML. So that's what I ended up getting my master's in. And so we were able to like fine-tune stable diffusion models so they can generate images um, specifically tailored towards them that know their face. Like right now, if you go on Midjourney and you look up, for example, there's an artist that we work with uh, called Jada. If you look up Jada on Midjourney, she's not going to pop up. Like you're not going to get an image of her, but we can train stable diffusion model to recognize what her face looks like and her general aesthetic. Same for, there's another artist uh, also at a VC who just recently graduated named Sea Life. Um, he's also been great to work with because like he doesn't, you know, he's not like a, a-list celebrity, so he's not going to show up on mid-journey, but we can train all these models to recognize who he is, and he could generate assets very tailored towards him, something he wouldn't be able to get on just like vanilla chat GPT and vanilla mid-journey. Same for the contracts. You could generate a lot of that stuff already. Marketing plans, we're able to use like the marketing plans that we've done in the past. Ilias used to be an A&R for Death Row out in LA. He's also done like bookings forever, so we already have all these templates, and we have a reasonable amount of data to really fine-tune these models to get 
better marketing plans, better social media directions, better social media icons. There's even, we're trying to integrate with a tool called Kyber, which generates um, a lot. Some artists have been experimenting with AI music videos. The whole music video is generated with AI um, and getting that hooked up for them. So that's that's kind of where, that's where they are. So it sounds like an efficiency of operations. You're taking care of all the business side on the back end. And thinking about the music industry, I mean, we're at a point now where it's been so democratized that I imagine the biggest challenge for an artist isn't just the business aspect, but it's penetrating the market and getting getting recognition with just this flood of artists that are out there. I mean, it's it's so easy to do a, you know, do it on your own, do a grassroots effort to get on Spotify and get on the streaming services, um, do your own social media. You think, you know, okay, I've done it in college. I did it in high school. I can, I can do this for my band. But how do you get recognition and pierce the market? Yeah. And and the the other thing that record labels have, have really not, like, have kind of been dropping the ball on is is nowadays you have to blow up on TikTok or else you're not getting signed. There's no more these days of like record labels going into cities and finding the real underground guys. And then they're the only ones that have the power to blow them up. People that they're signing nowadays have already blown up. They had a viral TikTok. They had a viral moment and they're just signing these artists to get kind of the tail end of that and, and see if they can kind of like Mario double jump off of, off of this original virality. And it hasn't been working. Like the only two, I don't know if you've seen, but there's, I think you met, you were mentioning it earlier, but like really only two artists had like breakthrough status this year. Um, that was like a big, um, that was a viral thing a couple of weeks ago of, um, but they're like, these are the only two artists that have been able to, to pierce through the veil and have like a breakthrough moment because of a label. Cause like most of them already broke through because of TikTok anyway. So like, what's the point? Yeah, it almost seems like TikTok first, and then you figure out what you want to do, or YouTube first, and then you figure out what you want to do. And, you know, I mean, I look at Logan and Jake Paul as an example, you know, like, <laughs> get big first, and then figure out, you know, some other areas that, you know, do you want to screw around and box? Do you want to be a band? Do you want to, what do you want to do? Um, but once you have that following, kind of all the options are all of a sudden available to you. So I can really see the value of offering that type of service to somebody of, hey, we can help you pierce the market and, and get some exposure. It's like building tech. First you build it and then you figure out who's going to use it and what problem it's going to solve. You're like, let's figure this out. Build it and they will come. <laughs> no. Can we talk about the tech? You mentioned stable diffusion model. Um, half of our audience probably knows what that means. Half have no idea. Can you walk me? I'm, I'm the half that doesn't. Can you walk me through what a stable diffusion model is? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be keeping it real layman's because it's uh, I've been in like startup mode. So I haven't I think the last time I actually read the research papers was like eight months ago. So I could I can't like go into like crazy technical detail about how this stuff works under the hood right now. But uh, I mean, essentially, these are these are our image models like we have, you know, everybody knows what ChatGPT is for tech models. You you give it some kind of prompt and it generates some, some kind of tech in return. Um, Stable diffusion and then like fine-tuning stable diffusion and all these things like what Midjourney is using and whatnot are what we use for for generating images. So same way you give it a prompt, it's it's yeah, it's, but instead of being text to text, it's text to image. Um, and you say, I want an astronaut riding a horse on the moon, like and it, it'll be able to generate that. And they've gotten really really good. There's ones for um, models specifically, kind of fine-tuned for photorealism, and those are really useful because like no artist has has any headshots. <laughs> and so that's been one of the other main things of getting them headshots that they can use on like their EPK or something. And it doesn't have to be like professional in a suit or anything, but just like a nice clear shot of their face goes a long way. Uh, and it's better to have photorealistic stuff for that. But there's also ones more tuned to be like cartoony and whatnot. And you can always like fine tune them more and more. And there's tons of tutorials. One of the, one of the nice things about all this stuff is how accessible it is. Um, you can teach like first year college students, how to do this at a hackathon and, and have them actually generating like useful information reasonably fast. 
um, for getting these like text to image models up and running. Oh, Nick, you're mute. Oh, you're you're muted. Hey, that is the first time we've ever struggled with a you're mute. Um, it is ironic that we are interviewing a music-based startup and we have issues with mute, but it is the first time in our two-year podcast journey. Yeah, I, w I was I was Googling stable diffusion model and trying to figure out more about it. Is there a, is there a platform, Johannes, that you use for that? Is there a particular engine? Yeah, well, so or there's um, is it through ChatGPT? Um, the find the so stable diffusion is a, like Midjourney is like the closed source one. Like if you if you get if you're able to get your hands on a Midjourney model, um, I think that's like trade secrets. Uh, but we use kind of an open source stable diffusion model and then fine tune it with a technique called Dream Booth right now. I mean, you have some other, like we've kind of modified it a bit um, just to make it easier for us. But the general gist is it's stable diffusion fine tuned with, with Dream Booth. And um, we have a partnership with a company called Leap AI. I mean, we, you could you could program this stuff because it's all kind of open source right now. You could program this stuff directly on like Google Cloud Platform. You could create your own um, like AI training and inference pipeline and get all that stuff situated. And I, I think for, I'm, I'm trying to remember what class, but at VCU, I had to do the exact same, that exact thing. And I remember how much of a pain it could be. There's a company called Leap AI that we partner with right now. And they, they take care of most of that for us. So they already have all the models. They have a bunch we could choose from the, mo the, the photorealistic ones, like the more cartoony ones and so on and so forth. And we end up uploading a bunch of images of the artists and we make sure that they're cleaned out a bit because you can't just upload any like iPhone headshot. Like it's got to be specific file type. It's got to be specific dimensions, whatnot. You want to make sure they're like reasonably clean photos and that we're able to send them to Leap. They actually do the whole training based on the models that we choose. And um, we're able to make inference or run inference off of those models. So, um, and like send it arbitrary prompts, whether it be, I want a headshot of a, uh, of so-and-so, or um, I want a, uh, an avatar of this artist using the style of like um, death no anime. I don't know. Like you, you do that and it, it generated it all for you. So leap has been huge on cutting down dev time. Um, one question, uh, just, I, I guess we could go either technical or, or not, but how, how do you determine your tech stack now that you have so many different AI companies that are basically in the mix, right? You talked about stable diffusion, you talk about leap, you talk about mid journey, Right. All, all these are AI tech stacks, essentially. Um, how do you determine your tech stack or, or how do you determine the solution architecture that supports tap? I mean, given AI, right? It's a big change. Yeah. I mean, luckily, that's what I did. That's that's what I did for Capital One. So I, and, um, when I was still living in Richmond, I or when I was still like um, had an apartment, I, uh, <laughs> when I still had an apartment on Broad Street, um, working at uh, Capital One, um, I was were doing solutions architect work. So that's like that's really what my background is. And I was also working with the data science and ML team of coming up with these pipelines. So luckily I kind of came into it with a background of like, I know how this stuff kind of should work. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the architecture in general is like um, anything for AI, it's all asynchronous architecture. You can't ask the model, hey, go train this model and expect to get a response back in 10, like in 500 milliseconds. Like that's not going to happen. You're going to have to wait like five minutes for that thing to come. So everything's got to be asynchronous for one and really decoupled. If I was going to build it all from scratch, and again, luckily we, we have this partnership with Leap that handles it. If I was going to build this from scratch though, it would all be this kind of super decoupled pub sub model. So everything hooked up together. Um, 
But again, yeah, luckily with Leap, it's it's just a, a API calls. And I just have to remember that it's all asynchronous. There's a call to create a training job. And then there's a call to, you have to kind of pull the job afterwards and see when it's finished. And luckily I kind of build all of this stuff before. So it wasn't too, too bad. When we went into it, so Tapped is, as I've kind of mentioned a couple of times, it's it's pivoted a bit. So we've we've gone through several iterations. Like before this, we we were a marketplace for, to be able to book artists. So we already had like the the foundation for building the app. And luckily there's tons of backends as a service right now, like Firebase. Uh, if I had built this sooner, when I originally built the foundation for it, Superbase wasn't out yet, but I love like Superbase is super, super cool. So Firebase handles the majority of it. And then for any of the kind of third party things, you just have to remember to hook up, make sure it's asynchronous, kind of test it um, and make sure it handles like we don't have a ton. I mean, we're a pre-seed startup, like we don't have a ton of load, but make sure it could kind of handle basic load. That's how we've been able to, to manage all that stuff. Well, I know we're coming up on time. Um, I guess my last question that I wanted to leave it on is just where do you see music and AI? You kind of talked about from the artist perspective that tech is already pretty prevalent and is the future. Where do you see AI taking the music industry? So far, it's it's blown it up. I have you guys seen the um, uh, Drake weekend kind of mashups and whatnot? No. Oh, dude, Google that. That caused an uproar. Um, there's a, a company we, we're friends with. So there's a there's a thing called BuildSpace, um, and they're really, really great for, I always recommend any of the college students I'm working with, even high schoolers to get involved. And it's kind of like uh, a, a school for building things um, is, I think, how they've been uh, marketing themselves. And one of the guys, uh, we've gone through it several years in a row. I love BuildSpace. I've been using them even before they were like a school. They've also pivoted a bunch of times until they finally got like a, a substantial amount of funding from A16Z and whatnot. Um, but um, one of the people there named Arib, he ended up creating this company called MusicFi. And that's been kind of like the the big headline for AI and music because it's always like you can make a song with your voice as the weekend or you can change the music and whatnot right and that's like the big headlining stuff um so music people fucking hate AI right now just because of uh, music fi and like all the kind of stuff of like you can use AI to change your music and and it upsets them I think the f it's eventually going to die down I mean AI and music didn't have a great first impression, but I think with companies like Tap, what we're trying to do is like, we we made a hard line at the beginning. We're not going to change the music, like no songwriting, no production, no vocals. No, we don't, we don't do any AI for the actual music process. It's all the back end. We automate everything for artists so they can focus on the actual music making, which uh, for us is like, I mean, that's the fun part, right? Like a music, as a musician, you want to just be able to focus on the one and not the other. And so we're trying to kind of help that. Um, but so far, yeah, it's been a little bit of a bumpy road for AI and music. Even, um, you know, it's bad when for AI and music when all the record labels start getting on board with with AI because you're like, okay, this is this is if these guys like AI, that's not good. They've been signing AI artists and whatnot. It's just been a big mess because it's a big hype train. Uh, but I think it's going to get better. Like a, that's really what we're trying to champion with Tapped. It's like we like you could do this in a good way. You could do this in like a like the we created Tapped and we moved it into an AI company. Not like not when AI first like blew up. Like that was like the music fight stuff. That was like we could have jumped on that train way way long ago, and we waited until we actually had like a formulated plan before changing in that direction. And so I think that's how like I think more and more. Stuff that, that anybody wants to be long lasting is going to be on that same kind of vein. Like this is a bit more thought out. And so artists or artists are at the end of the day, they're, you know, they're the ones making the music. They're the ones like ultimately in, the, in control, if, even if they don't feel like it, um, are going to be using, want to use something more like this than, oh, I'm going to start releasing songs sounding like Drake. And so I blow up on TikTok. And then, I'll, you know, like you were saying, I'll figure it out from there.
Um, yeah, I'm curious how it'll affect originality at the end of the day. And will everything, well, you know, everything is derivative to a point now anyway. I mean, just in a different way. This is just another version of derivativeness in music. But it seems a little more derivative than, you know, we're probably used to. But who knows? I guess it's time and we everything evolves. Have you guys seen what, what Grimes did? Like when, when AI first broke up, uh, blew up out in May. That was big. She um, she's not signed to anybody, and she said any like this was an AI like his first blown up. She said, um, uh, she, "I definitely recommend googling it because she." Yeah. Um, I was I was with her in Ibiza like when it, when it blew up. Like I was at the conference. She was at the uh, a conference called IMS when she originally like tweeted this out and said that she would give out fifty percent of her royalties to any AI that like remixed her song. She'd split it 50, 50. And it was like, this is the first artist that like really took a harm firm stance in favor of it. And it like blew up the internet for a bit. And I remember at the conference, um, everybody was at her talk just to see what she was going to say. Cause like, like, holy shit, everybody's taking these negative stands on AI and she's just like full fledged for it. It was honestly a little ridiculous, but it was, it was cool to see. I don't know what, what has happened. I know she got in touch with the, the team I was mentioning earlier that was using AI to, to, modify vocals and whatnot um but it has been like it's been a crazy space i think the the vibe died down a little bit but the actual extent of the songs that are that are getting um created using ai are, are slowly declining right so they struggle to hit like those top charts i mean it's just yeah i mean because it's all hype stuff and that's and then that was the whole point like it's these people trying to get rich quick and that's i i don't like that with, i don't like that with tech i would like to build something that lasts a little bit longer i don't really care if the actual lines of code last a little bit longer but at least the idea of what you're building like that's also what got me in the startups in the first place like the idea of what you're building should last a little bit longer um even if it gets modified and changed a ton like it should be kind of more adaptive and whatnot um so yeah all that stuff is really not my cup of tea i don't like feeling like i'm i'm trying to raise somebody in programming like the ideas i'm creating i don't want to feel like oh if i don't do it right now somebody's going to build it tomorrow i'd like to think that i have something original that's actually like going to be helpful or whatnot um and so all these guys who are doing the original hype chain of course they're not going to reach the charts because they're just like they're trying to make a quick buck well it sounds yeah, like we awesome. have a lot of research to catch up on music and ai <laughs> that we all missed out on and um I feel like, yeah, we need to pick up on this again in like six months or a year and see where AI and music is and where Tapped is then. But yeah, I think I speak for Nick and Alex when I say thank you so much for coming on and talking with us and, and sharing so much helpful and insightful information. Thank you. And um, yeah, definitely check us out at the tap.ai. We Right now we have applications. Uh, applications are open. We have a wait list that we have. Uh, this week have been popping artists off um, to get them signed and get them on um, the beta platform that we have right now to be able to test all the AI services that we're creating. Um, so super exciting stuff, like highly recommend people checking it out. A lot of the artists, most of the artists that we have are from either Richmond, DC or New York. And so highly recommend people getting on that. Check it out. Sweet. Thank you.